You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. <laughs> Everybody's got a price, it's the million dollar man. <laughs> Podcast in demand. Understand. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a price, million dollar man. Everybody's got a pod, it's the million dollar What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we're back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod. And, of course, I am joined by the Hall of Famer, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Ted, good to be here with you again, man. Hey, uh, once again, I'm feeling like a million bucks, having <laughs> having a good day. Uh, uh, you know, gosh, there's a lot of people getting sick and, and, and what have you. And, I, you know, I worry about that because I travel, you know, and you travel a lot, and you're in and out of airports and around a lot of people. Uh, it's easy to pick stuff up, but I have been very lucky. So yep, my fingers crossed. And You've been out there shaking hands with folks and, uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. way to get sick. A lot of people coming up to you. That being said, uh, what is your next appearance coming up here, Ted? Uh, this, uh, this weekend I'm going to be, it's, it's called dream waves. It's in the it's Chicago area. Ah. Um, and I, I I'm not sure, but I, I think this is a, I think this guy is a, a guy that's got a, an independent wrestling organization and I'm making an appearance for him. So, yes, I've heard of them. Dreamwave wrestling. Um, yeah. They are, yep. Out of Chicago. And yeah, it is a, an independent wrestling organization. So who knows, Ted, maybe they'll put a little extra cheese on your Whopper to get you to go in there and do a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, everybody's got a price. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew there was a butt coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be a steep price to get uh, the million dollar man in there. Oh, yeah. It would be a very steep price. Yeah. Well, uh, Ted, I'm really excited about our topic this week because we are looking back to the end of 1983 this time and, and revisiting your time there in Georgia. Uh, it's December, of course, and there's a lot going on in the territory, including your involvement in one of the hottest storylines of the period with Tommy Rich. So I can't wait to get back into it, brother. But before we do I want to remind our listeners get over to youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pod and get subscribed we have stories that you will not hear on the podcast over there so if you're a diehard everybody's got a pod fan uh there's content that you're missing out on over there and it drops every monday as a youtube exclusive clip we've also got short bite-sized videos from the podcast which is a great way to introduce somebody who is unfamiliar with the podcast what we're doing here and we've got something very special going on for our subscribers we are giving away ted's new target exclusive wwe elite and his wwe superstars figure and they are both going to be signed so for your chance to be one of two lucky winners all you have to do is get subscribed today at youtube.com slash at everybody's got a pot so ted you're going to be starting out december working against pistol pez watley in west virginia pez is another one of those guys that we will not likely talk about very often here on the show wondering if you have any memories of him uh just that he was a really nice guy uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, he was never a, a gigantic star of any kind, but, uh, uh, fundamentally sound. And it was kind of like, put it this way, there were guys that I would get in the ring with and, uh, uh, you know, some that, you know, you would just tolerate cause you had to, 
And then there were others that you actually enjoyed getting in the ring with. And, and Pez was one of those guys. So I've heard from a lot of guys, very, very well-respected talent and yeah. you know, a, a good sound fundamental worker. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> now you, you said it, you know, he's one of those guys who never really went on to become a huge star. And I've heard some folks debate over the years, whether or not certain guys should or shouldn't be in the WWE hall of fame. Pez is one of those guys who will get brought up in that conversation from time to time after he was inducted in the class of 2021. I'd love to get your take on Pez's inclusion in the hall of fame. Uh, do you believe that he belongs there or was it uh, reaching a little bit too far? Well, I mean, maybe from a fan's ex, uh, uh, you know, from a fan looking, looking and because, you know, Pez was, was, he, he was never a headliner. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but he, he just about worked with everybody. Uh, it, it was kind of, it would be, you know, maybe if you asked a football player, you know, about some guy that got inducted into the NFL hall of fame, you know, whether he deserved it or not. You know, and, and uh, you're going to get different answers. But um, uh, Pez was liked by everybody because he was easy. He was easy to have a match with. And that wasn't always the case. And he, like I said, fundamentally sound. I mean, it was just, and, you know, sometimes it's just fate. You know, uh, somebody's somebody's at the right place at the right time and somebody's got an idea and they go, they go from being a nobody to a superstar. And, um, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, Pez was a solid worker. I, I don't know that he would ever be a, you know, like major headliner, but he certainly, uh, you know, deserves what I, I, I yeah. Uh, I, I think he, he, he deserves to be in the hall of fame. I'd really do. I agree with you. And, you know, looking back over across uh, Pez's career and even this time, you know, as I'm researching it here, it's Pez has put in some high profile positions here in the company, maybe not because he was a huge star, but because he was a guy who was capable of going out there and having a, a strong uh, showing. Yeah, exactly. You said it better than I did. But exactly. Ted, Johnny Rich is another guy you're working with in the early part of December, and he is, of course, the brother of the guy you'll be having a big feud with in Georgia, Tommy Rich. So Johnny didn't have quite the same success as his brother in wrestling. Uh, how would you compare their work? Do you remember working with Johnny at all? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and he was okay. He he was he was fair work. He was a fair worker. Okay, he wasn't he wasn't bad. He you know, but he wasn't great. And and and, and again, he, here's where you draw the line. The one thing you can teach a guy how to take all the bumps and how to protect himself and all that stuff. And you can even do uh, ring routines and high spots with them. The one thing you can't teach anybody is charisma. Mm. You either have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, especially in pro wrestling, which is an entertainment field, you're not going to make it. You know, uh, Hulk Hogan, you know, Hulk, you know, the Hulkster wasn't really a great ring general, right? You mm -hmm. know, there was only a few moves that he did. Uh, and, but he had charisma. You know, hey, brother. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good impression. <laughs> so you felt that Tommy was just head and shoulders above his brother from a charisma standpoint, yeah, which is absolutely. why. He yeah, Tommy had it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you it's interesting. The microphone and he could go with it. You know, it's interesting hearing you uh, bring up Hogan there, too, because recently I had heard uh, a, another small debate in wrestling. Go figure a, a wrestling debate where uh, it was actually centered around WrestleMania six, where um, some people swear up and down that the best match on the card was you and Jake at that event um and when i watch back the event i agree it was you and jake you guys stole the show in your match however the match that always gets referenced and that people talk about all the time even up to this day is is one of the great wrestlemania moments was warrior and hogan those are two guys that are not considered great workers by certainly not by any means on warriors end and hogan was like a, a, a functional worker a good charismatic guy but they are the ones that are that really kind of get the notoriety and i just find it interesting that you and Jake are these polished technical uh, second yeah. generation wrestlers, but like you know, the guys who get all the notoriety are the guys who aren't really known for being great ring workers. Well, I mean, you know, and again, well, it's just like kind of like you know, uh, who who you know who determines who gets pushed and who doesn't, right? Yep. You know, who's going to get the time, you know, and uh, 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 you know, the Hulkster, like I said, you know, he was great on the mic. You know, he wasn't bad you know, in the ring, but, uh, you know, but, uh, I'm sorry, you know, he was really, he was really good on the microphone. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And, uh, but the other guy, <laughs> he wasn't good at anything. No, he was good at bodybuilding. Uh, he was good at bodybuilding and, you know, and I, you know, I don't think that, I, I don't know, I, I don't know why, but maybe that was just one of those things where Vince uh, said, you know, I'm, I'm going to prove that I can make anybody a star, uh, because this guy, you know, you know, obviously he was dedicated and, you know, to, you know, and it takes a lot of work and, and discipline to, to build a body like that. I get that. And I can appreciate that. That doesn't make you a wrestler. Kind of randomly in the middle of your issues with Tommy and Johnny Rich, you'll go to a double DQ with Buzz Sawyer in the Omni. Jake tells me that Buzz was helping Ole Anderson book during this time, and Buzz was pos positioning both himself and his brother really well there in Georgia. The two yeah. were even going to defeat the Red Hot Road Warriors on a number of occasions this month. And Jake was like, he told me personally uh, during our Legion of Doom episode that we did that he was just appalled by the idea of it because he's like, here's the Road Warriors. There's these two big muscle-bound guys are getting over huge, and Buzz and Brett Sawyer are beating them. He was like, it's just, it was just ridiculous. And Ted, did you get that impression during this time? Yep. <laughs> Jake hit it right on the head. You know, and, uh, you know, Buzz, Buzz wasn't a bad, wasn't, you know, he wasn't a bad worker, but, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a great worker either. That's, that's what I keep hearing about him. And look, yeah, it's I, like, I, you know, uh, you know, I, I, you know, uh, good guy on the card. Yeah. Main eventer. No. I've talked about Jake and Jim Duggan about Buzz, uh, Jim very recently on, on ad free shows. Um, mm -hmm. and neither of them had any kind words to say about the man at all. No. Um, what can you tell our listeners about your interactions with Buzz Sawyer? I didn't have any, <laughs> you know, you know, if I had to get in the ring with him, I, I would do that. But, you know, aside from that, I stayed as far away from that because I didn't want to explode. Hmm. I didn't want to, you know, if, 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 I, so if I'm around this guy too much, you know, it's it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be good. And I, I would, I just distanced myself totally, uh, kept, you know, kept to my, you know, my own business 
And it just, you know, any, any, anything I had to do with him was strictly business and that's it. And Jim was telling me that he was good friends with Matt Bourne and Jim was like, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about the guy. If, if those two are friends that, that uh, Matt Bourne and buzz were good friends. Yes. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah. Jimbo was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jim, I, but you know, Jim knows that too. You know, you know, I, I, I never, I don't know. I, I, I guess because uh, when we were doing the deal uh, with with Jim, you know, like this is when I turned on Jim and or right in in Mid South, mm. and I had what I had like uh, what they call it. I don't know what they called it, but you know, I had my uh, I was like the ringleader, and Matt Bourne was one of the guys. You were so, the King Cheese, they always called you. Yeah, yeah, Big Cheese. <laughs> the Big Cheese, that's it. The King Rat, I've, I heard them call yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so you never really ran afoul of Matt Bourne either. Like you guys just didn't have enough time around each other to to have an issue. Well, well, no, because I wasn't going to be around him because, again, I had the same attitude about him as most everybody did. You know, here's a guy who's just a uh, a big turd. That's <laughs> a lousy human being by all accounts. Yeah. Um, well, another guy that, that is universally disliked, at least by many folks, is Ole Anderson. I just mentioned him there as kind of the head booker. Um, I've personally never met him, but I always loved his work and his mic skills. Uh, why do you think Ole had the heat with so many people? Well, you know what? I'll be honest. Uh, I, I really don't know. Because I wasn't around Ole that much. Because when I, you know, when I came into uh, Atlanta, um, you know, he had been the booker, and, and it was kind of like it was almost like things were all up up in the air. Like uh, the, they were, you know, he was leaving, and uh, I never had any problem with Ole. I mean, you know, personally, I didn't, I, I didn't, of course, I don't know if I was around him long enough. Uh, maybe, maybe I would have, but, uh, um, I never, I never had an issue w with him. I thought he was good on the mic and, you know, I mean, um, uh, he was like, uh, the, what the Anderson brothers, Ole and Gene Anderson, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I, and I never really worked, had the opportunity to work with him any, but so. You know, because he was a heel. And um, the guy was by then, too. You certainly were uh, during this era here in 1983. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, you mentioned him. Jim Barnett is a guy that we just have not talked about much uh, when we talk about your run in Georgia. Barnett is going to sell his shares of Georgia Championship Wrestling to Vince coming up here in 1984. And that'll kick off the uh, infamous Black Saturday incident. Uh, did you get much time with Barnett? Not really. No, not, not, you know, not hardly at all. So he was not a guy hanging around the TV studio a lot of the time. No, he hardly ever saw him. Um, I've heard a lot of impressions of Barnett over the years. Any chance you've my boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> That's all I needed. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so Ted, I've got to ask you about this guy as well. Chick Donovan is working in Georgia during this time, opening a lot of shows and doing honors for Johnny Rich and, and a number of other guys. Uh, I bring up Chick because he is still an active wrestler today at 76 years old. He looks pretty damn good. Very muscular, in good shape, tan, still got all of his hair. Uh, did you spend a lot of time around Chick? Uh, no, I did. No, nope. never, never got to know him. Not really. I mean, yeah. Uh, a decent guy, you know, not, not, not anybody he wouldn't like, you know, I don't, I don't think anyway, I didn't, I wasn't around him enough. The only, the only, I was only around him in the dressing room. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's incredible seeing, uh, I'm going to share a picture of him on social. It's just incredible seeing this guy and his physique. Even today, he's got these big arms. Like he looks, he looks uh, better than half the young guys nowadays. So good on him at 76 years old, going out there, still doing it. That's him with Ricky Morton. Son. Really? Yeah, yeah. Ricky Morton's son is working with NWA. I don't know if that's for NWA or some indie show, but that's that's Chick Donovan today. Wow. Yeah, it looks pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, for a guy, what did he say, 76? Man. 76 years old. Still out there. Just- I mean, how, you know what? God bless him for the, you know, the discipline to still have that kind of a body. That's pretty good. I mean, I don't know what that dude is eating or what his workout regimen looks like, but at 76 years old, I mean, he's got to be spending four hours a day in the gym at least. Yeah, well, it really looks good on the outside, but you got to wonder what how it looks on the inside. Oh, geez. Yeah, his back yeah. and neck got to be like a stack of dimes in there after all those bumps. Um yeah. So your future tag team partner, Stan Hansen, is going to be here in Georgia, teaming up with Bugsy McGraw against the Road Warriors. Uh, Stan is going to have his greatest success in wrestling over in Japan, of course, but he'll have some notable run-ins with guys like Bruno San Martino, Hogan, Bob Backlund, and plenty more here in the States. Do you feel like if he would have hung around here more in America, hung around the WWF and NWA, do you feel like he could have had the same success he had in Japan, or was he just... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, and and because you know Stan was you know again he was good on the microphone too, and again Stan Hansen is another an, another descendant of the Funk family. Mm. Stan Hansen is another guy who played football at West Texas State. Not only that, when I was recruited uh, by West Texas State. Stan was uh, uh, um, like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a student assistant coach. Okay. At the time. He was like one of the, you know, assistant, you know, like a student coach for for, for, um, West Texas State when I was recruited. That's when I met him. How about that? And I remember remember Stan having his first match in Amarillo uh, on a Thursday night. Uh, I was, I, you know, I, I, I rode in the car with Terry Funk and him up to the building. And, uh, so I, 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 I saw him have his first match. How about that? That is wild. Wow. Uh, and how- all, those, all those years later, man, he got to be in, and Brody got to be big names. And when he needed a new partner, he came to me and I said, uh, yeah, I jumped on it, you know, and I, and I don't know, I have no idea how much money Stan made. Uh, you know, but, um, I mean, I, you know, he's working number one. Here's the thing, you know, like tax wise, um, you know, and here's, here's part of the, the, the agreement in the contract is that all Japan agreed. I mean, and I, I had the same contract agreed to pay 
the taxes that I would have owed to Japan. Ah. They paid my tax to Japan. Well, that, now, since they paid my tax to Japan, I, I couldn't, you know, and then I go back to the United States. You can't get, you know, you can't get double. In other words, I, I got like, I, I had to, still had to pay tax, but not as much. So in reality, I, I'm getting a break on my taxes, even though my Japan tax already been paid by the company. So that might be what's really at the crux of why he yeah. spent so much of his time in Japan over the course yeah. of his career. Yeah. So he got like a bunch of tax breaks and was probably making an absolute killing over there for years upon years. Well, where... and, that, and that's and and that's the other thing. And I, I you know, I've, I've thought about it, uh, brother. I've thought about man. You know, I, I wonder if I would have been smarter to stay there in terms of just money wise, because the only thing I had to pay for was my food. I didn't have to pay for any hotels. I didn't have to pay for any transportation. All I had to pay for was my food. That does kind of make you wonder, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> so, so, Ted, I mean, you became part of pop culture as a million-dollar man. Uh, more valuable to become part of pop culture or more valuable to just make as much money as humanly possible in as short a period of time as possible? In well, your you know, I I keep asking myself that question. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how would it how 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 would it would have been? Well, but of course, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Again, you know, now Stan is extremely well known in Japan, but you know he's not that well known here uh, because he you know he 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 didn't spend that much time here, and I think you know long term, I guess it was probably better that I. I made the move to, uh, to Vince. Probably. I mean, you know, it's, uh, like, you know, it's like, you know, they, I mean, I think, you know, like I've got somebody told me I, they've got, they've just released or just recently released. There's a new, uh, <clears throat> action figure, Funko pop or something out there, uh, that looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're fixing to release more i just saw some more uh prototype images so yeah i mean you know uh, stan hansen awesome guy great wrestler i'm a huge fan of his work but they're not releasing a lot of action figures of stan hansen uh no. so you know it does does kind of make you wonder yeah um so ted you were right at home here in georgia being a heel during this time and after you defeat tommy rich on december 6th in macon you're going to claim that you had a verbal agreement with the promotion that tommy rich's career would end he never signed the contract so you'll call him out which leads us to a high stake stipulation on christmas day let's drop in on an interview ahead of the big match of course, tomorrow night in the Omni here in Atlanta. Christmas night, Tommy Rich. Christmas night, all the marbles on the line. Not just a wrestling match. Not just a simple win or a loss in the national heavyweight title. Somebody's career, Tommy Rich, you have agreed that if you lose, if I beat you in the Omni, you are not only going to be beaten, but you are going to quit. You're going to give up your wrestling career. That's right. If you beat me, I'll quit. I'll have no further reason to stay here, and the title will be yours. But, Tommy Rich, I hope for your sake that you know something else in life besides professional wrestling that can do something else because on Christmas night I'm going to come out the winner and you're going to be looking for a job short and sweet man that was good stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dang man I look at that and go where'd that guy go man wow <laughs> man now it's back here and go oh gosh 
it's it, it's funny uh seeing those images of you because you know, oh man it hurts <laughs> talking to jim duggan he's always like you know ted and i were buddies he was like but ted kind of ran with like you know the terry taylors and the rick flair he was like ted would be wearing like the nice suit and going out to like the fancy bars he was like you know me and terry gory were just going to like honky tonks and getting into fights <laughs> with people yeah um so it's 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 cool seeing that image of you because you are like you're you're a hateable heel you've got this great head of hair you've, you're wearing the oh, suit God. you're arrogant it's just like yeah man it's just uh it, it really works well um and what else is going to work here is this loser leaves town stipulation on christmas day uh what do you think of the stakes for the, for a match like that adding loser leaves town well i mean it's great it's hey it's great. It's, you know, again, on, on Christmas day, and it's kind of like for, for the wrestling fan, you know, uh, here's a chance to go see the guy that they hate the most, uh, not only get beat, but get kicked out of town. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. It's good psychology. And, you know, this premise is not anything that's new to wrestling. Uh, you know, we saw JYD returning as stagger Lee, um, and we're going to see uh, Dusty return as the Midnight Rider. And now we're about to get it again here with Mr. R. I think a lot of fans are going to hear me reference Dusty as the Midnight Rider and think about his days in G JCP. Nope. He did it in Florida first after uh, I think it was he lost a loser leaves town to Kevin Sullivan and Jake Roberts, as a matter of fact. So, like, this is not some. this is something that works over and over again in wrestling. Yeah. And now yeah. it's about to work again with you and Mr. R. Why do you th what's what's the psychology here? Like, why does this work so well with fans? Well, I mean, because the fans, obviously, the fans know, and uh, you know, they know, and, and they're they they get a big kick out of watching the heel in his frustration. You know, you know, I'm almost pulling your hair out, going, you know, you know, it's just like you're looking and going, what, what, what? Are you people crazy? Look, <laughs> look, you know, it's like when when with Tom, especially Tommy, Tommy, I had all that blonde hair hanging out from underneath. <laughs> I said, it's Tommy Rich. It's Tommy Rich. He said, well, all you got to do to prove it is take his mask off. <laughs> you guys have a lot of fun with this angle coming up. I cannot wait to talk about what's what's to come with you and Mr. R, which will be starting next month. Um, you're going to defeat Tommy Rich on Christmas Day, of course, um, but you'll cheat to get the job done. And with that being the case, Tommy continues to compete, and you'll come out to interrupt him during a match. Afterwards, uh, he'll come talk to Gordon Soley about the whole situation. So this is a clip of both your interruption and his post-match promo. Well, right now, uh, certainly Tommy's wondering, and I know you're wondering, I'm wondering. We're all waiting word, and we supposedly are going to be finding out sometime yet uh, hopefully before the hour is over. I was just back there by the control room, and I see Dibby staggering around. He's uh, he's as mad as a hornet. But once again, this match is going to take place, whether Dibiase likes it or not. All right, and it is uh, Tommy Wildfire. What's going on here? What's this man doing in the ring? He signed a contract that if he lost Christmas night, he was going to leave. He wasn't going to wrestle anymore. What, is he not a man of his word? What are you doing here, man? Well, we've got a problem here. We've got a problem here in DiBiase protesting the situation. And uh, all right, DiBiase creating quite a furor here at uh, ringside. Ole Anderson trying to calm him down. Freddie Miller and uh, Roger Bond makes it back in. I guarantee you something will be done about this. Mr. DiBiase, he either goes back or we can make certain that there'll be some arrangements made where he can be suspended again. 
uh, find out just exactly. Uh... Tommy, I, I guess you realize full well more than any of us that this may be your final appearance on World Championship Wrestling. Yes, sir, Gurna. Well aware of it. Uh, just one of them things. Uh, just got to wait and see what happens, I guess. Well, of course, there are some questions surrounding uh, the manner in which uh, you lost that particular match to uh, Ted DiBiase, but nonetheless, a contract was signed. Yes, sir, certainly was. The bad thing about it, I hate that I let all the people in Georgia and around the country down because I thought I could beat the man. Well, a lot you know, of people... You know, I, I, excuse me, Tommy, I don't mean to interrupt, but I told, uh, I told the people here, and I was talking with Gordon, and I said the one thing that you'd said to me earlier, and that is that... Uh, You'd gotten a lot of encouragement from the fans. It's like right here, we hear them. And, and uh, you said to me that uh, you were going to fight it. You're going to do whatever you could to uh, make sure that you stayed in wrestling. And uh, I think that's, I know that's what I'd like to see. I know you'd like to see it. And I'm sure everybody all over the world would like to see Tommy Wood stay in wrestling. Tommy, all we can do is wish you the very, very best, my friend. Thank you very much, Gordon. We just had to wait and see what happens. But, yeah, it's like I said time and again. I'm an old country boy, and whatever happens, just happens. I'll have to just wait and see. Okay, so there it is. Tommy Rich that's is that's just no country boy. That's him. <laughs> that's him. It's that's funny. Tommy. He always references himself as just a country boy, just a redneck. Uh, and, you know, it's, it certainly makes a connection with all the folks down south. Absolutely. Um, so he's waiting on word from President Bob Geigel and the board of directors to see if they're uh, going to count your victory against him as legitimate. I mean, it's just a great way to, to kind of kick the can down the road and tell the story here, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, let's talk about Tommy Rich for a minute. At this point, he has already been the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He's been a huge fan favorite for years in this territory. Watching back that promo, though, like he doesn't have this big muscular physique. He's very quiet, very mellow, reserved on the microphone, as opposed yeah. to like a lot of guys back in those days that were just shouting all the time. Um, and he doesn't, I don't know, for me, he's just not like jumping off the screen uh, the way that you or Jake or Ric Flair do during your promo. Well, now there's, you know, if you saw him some, in some other promos, you know he could he could cut a pretty good promo, and uh, and and he was well he and he he was good. I mean, uh, obviously the, the the girls loved him. You know, this, here's this good looking guy with long blonde hair, and and uh, uh, you know there wasn't there wasn't anything not to like about him. They like, and again, it's his the the good old country boy thing, and uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, and he and he got over because and he could work. You know, that was, that's the thing. It's like in wrestling, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's a lot of great big physiques. Uh, the ultimate warrior had a tremendous body, but he couldn't work worth the crap. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he had to be led around by his nose and even then he wasn't very good. There's the difference. You know, Tommy didn't have a great body. You know, I didn't have a massive body either, you know, and it's about what you can do in the ring and the story you tell. And how you tell it, and that's what comes across. Charisma, you either have it or you don't. And he had it too. Well, it's there's no denying that connection with the fans. You could hear them even during that promo that he was cutting, saying like, "You did win," and you know, uh, you know, really kind of starting to get fired up about this potential of him, uh, you know, having to leave. You know, talking about Tommy, it makes me wonder. Vince had scooped up pretty much anybody who had success in the territories during these days and turned them into household names with his TV. Why do you think Tommy never got a shot up there in Connecticut? You know, I don't know if he, he you know, I, I, I really don't know at all. I don't know if he just, if he didn't get a shot or he didn't want to go there. I don't know. 
It makes you yeah. wonder. And I know that Vince is like a body guy and whatnot, but Vince, you know, he also brought in guys who didn't have great bodies uh, who would just connect with the audience. So I don't know. It's, it's just strange. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. I, I really don't. Well, uh, Jake has been open about not being a big fan of Tommy's and has talked about Tommy burning a lot of bridges in the territory by showing up drunk. Tommy himself has admitted that there were days he'd wake up and crack a beer and not stop drinking until he went to bed that night. I've heard a number of talents who worked with Tommy over the years talk about him uh, being drunk while they were in the ring with him. Uh, but, you know, most of these talents, whenever they talk about him, they say like, hey, but he's still it was still a good match, but he was drunk. Um, well, did you, ever you know what? I, I can't. Uh... You know, I, I, you know, that's almost some of that's kind of surprising to me because I never, I never really witnessed that. Really? You know, and I don't know if that was, uh, you know, I, I never knew him to be, you know, drunk in the ring or, 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 or anything like that. Wow. I didn't, yeah. I can't recall any time that I worked with him that I was, you know, like worried or upset that he was, you know, wasted. Yeah, Jake had told a story about him. I think it was like he got into a strap match or something. It was like this really brutal, vicious kind of match. Uh, and and Tommy was drunk. And afterwards, he got on the mic and he wound up like kind of he's a baby face. And he wound up kind of like yelling at the fans and saying, like, none of you actually care about me. It was like one of those kind of promos, even though he's a baby face. Yeah. Um, so and Jake was like, man, it was just like embarrassing. And he left the sh the, the the promotion shortly thereafter. So, I was yeah. like, Jesus, you know, Ted is working hand in hand with this guy, you know, pretty much for your entire run so i'm like I'm, I'm wondering if you ever saw anything but you never experienced it i didn't no man interesting Why I didn't? uh we're gonna close out the year with another fun promo from you after you've learned what the verdict is from president bob geigel and the board of directors it's our final clip this week lord Shirley, i hear all of these people crying and sobbing and carrying on but yes it's true the contract was valid it was signed tommy rich is finished he can't wrestle, and all these people are crying and sobbing over it. Why cry? You've got the greatest wrestling machine that ever set foot in a square circle right here on World Championship Wrestling. And I'm not talking about Buzz Sawyer, and I'm not talking about any of these other goofs running around here. I'm talking about yours truly, Ted DiBiase, the National Heavyweight Champion. I promised you people that I would win the National Heavyweight title. I did. I promised you I'd hurt Tommy Rich. I did. And I promised you I would beat him and get rid of him. And just like 1983, he's gone. And I am here, Gordon Soley. And ladies and gentlemen, I am here to stay. <laughs> another one short and sweet and man uh you were really pushing people's buttons there weren't you <laughs> yeah boy oh <laughs> uh, yeah like a lot, a lot of fans will come up to me and they'll go hey mr dbic said uh you know don't be offended but man i used to love to hate you <laughs> <laughs> that's about as nice a compliment as you can get it i guess right? so anyway Oh, man. Funny. I, I know you've got to go, Ted. Before I do let you go, I just want to ask you one more quick question, and then we'll wrap gotcha. this thing up. Um, so Ric Flair is in Georgia during this time uh, in, in December, and he's defending that NWA title against Tommy Rich and Pez Wally. I know that Flair is coming into the territory as a heel, of course, because he's the champion coming into this territory. 
um, which means he's only going to be defending against baby faces. I also know that you enjoyed being a, a heel, but did it feel like being a heel when when the champion would come into the territory? Did it kind of feel like you were missing out on opportunities for like these kind of main event paydays by by not being a baby face? Well, the thing about it is when, whenever the world champion came in, you know, he didn't come in to stay. I, I mean, the, the NWA champion, he would come in and he would do like he would do a week mm-hmm. and he would do he would he would he would work you know the only place that rick flair was a baby face as a world champion would have been in charlotte which is what was his home territory right uh everywhere else the the world champion was a heel because the promotion they wanted to pit the world champion against their their top baby face and so he was always a heel uh, every every you know, that any any NWA world champion was always a heel in every territory except his own. Right, and here you are as a red hot heel in Georgia, and it's like, man, I know that if it were me, and you know, here comes Ric Flair, and he's a heel coming into the territory, I'd be like, yeah, but he's you know, he's like, uh, he's not stepping on my toes because he's only going to be he's in then he's in and he's out. He's going right. to be there a week, you know, and he's gonna he's gonna wrestle he's gonna wrestle the the loop, whatever that week is. And then he's, then he's gone, you know, and I'm still there. Okay. So you were looking more big picture, like, okay, he's, he's got the main events against these guys now, but I'm going to have them as soon as he's gone and I'm here to stay. Well, yeah. Cause you know, usually whoever that, that main event would be, he's going to be, he'd be wrestling the same guy in every town. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever the top baby face was, you know, and that would, you know, then, you know, Flair, and if it was Tommy was still there, it would have been Tommy. It was. Uh, so he was wrestling Pez Watley and Tommy Rich, which are two guys that you wrestled this month. So that yeah. kind of tells you how you're positioned as the top heel in this company at this time. Yeah. So good stuff, Ted. And uh, man, it's good stuff looking back here to, to 1983, but that's the end of 83. Next month, we're going to pick this up and it's going to be January 1984 to discuss the arrival of Mr. R. Uh, man, this is a part of your career that just does not get discussed often enough. So I'm loving the fact that we're doing it here. Okay. Well, look, before we go, I've got to remind you guys, uh, if you want this podcast with no commercials and get access to a ton of sports, entertainment, and other shows, get over to PremierStreamingNetwork.com and sign up for Premier Plus. If you're a wrestling fan, you are truly missing out if you're not part of what's going on over there. Go and have a look at the website right now for free. It's PremierStreamingNetwork.com. If you like what you see, sign up for Premier Plus. If you're enjoying our show and you're listening on your podcast app, do us a big favor. It only takes a minute. Like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review because that one minute of your time is going to make a big difference for both myself and Ted. Also, follow Ted at MDM Ted DiBiase on all his social media. Follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on X. And follow Premier Streaming Network at Watch on Premier on X and at Premier Streaming Network on Instagram and Facebook. Another fun one in the books, Ted. I'm excited to continue this story next month. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks so much, Marcus. And uh, and again, thanks to the fans for tuning in. And uh, I, again, as I go, I, I must remind you all that everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. <laughs> <laughs> the story of Georgia will continue next month, but we'll be back here next week with another episode right here on Everybody's Got a Pod.